Welcome to Fast Frontiers. I'm your host, Tim Shigel, Managing Partner of Refinery Ventures. In this episode, we're talking with Bernadette Butler, co-founder and CEO of StoryTap in Vancouver, Canada. StoryTap's a video platform that helps brands give their customers a voice by sharing video stories to increase brand engagement, conversions, and retention. In this episode, we're going to dive into Bernadette's background in advertising and marketing and seeing huge budgets and time dedicated to video production and how she came up with this idea of StoryTap as a better solution. The biggest theme or so what that I hope you can take away from this conversation is the power of tapping into the knowledge of your customers and understanding your customers. Please enjoy this conversation with Bernadette Butler. Bernadette, welcome to Fast Frontiers. It's so exciting to have you on. I just can't contain my excitement. Can it be contained online? I don't know. This I is... am so excited to be here. Now oh, you hopefully hopefully this it. medium is not too uh, limiting for all the energy you're going to bring. Exactly. Let's do it. All right. Co-founder and CEO of StoryTap, a Refinery Ventures Fund 2, the first Refinery Ventures Fund 2 investment in Vancouver. We're in Cincinnati. How did we find out about you? Well, let me tell you. It was an introduction by Michelle McBain of Stand Up Ventures in Toronto, who's also an investor in Teal Book with us. And she kindly made the introduction. And StoryTap was a perfect fit for where we like to invest. And you and your co-founder, Sean Brax, did an excellent mm-hmm. job getting the company to where it is at the time uh, when we invested by heavily bootstrapping, not raising much mm-hmm. money. So we'll get into all of that. But first, would love to just dive a little bit more into the origin story and not only how you came up with StoryTap, but kind of your career path and what mm. led you to that moment, if you would. Oh, yeah. Yes, I'd love to. So uh, like earliest memories, I always wanted to go into advertising. I wanted to make ads that made people laugh. I wanted to do video uh, storytelling, earliest memory. So I just like had laser vision all the way up marketing, advertising, landed first at in an ad agency, B2B, and then moved over to um, B2C. And it was all about videos that made people laugh, videos that gave the agency clout and won us awards. And then once you've done that, you move over to client side, some people do. And that was the first time client side. So that was where I worked for a massive telco. And I had this awesome opportunity where I got to run all the advertising and marketing for this value brand. And within this massive, think it wasn't Sprint, but think that kind of size in Canada. And I was like, you know, I had an incredible budget, like three to 6 million per quarter minimum to do what I needed to do. But I had, these ads had to work they didn't have to be funny. They didn't, there was nothing about, I don't care about the agency's awards for the first time. It's like, they had to drive sales. They had to, they had to do, you know, fundamental movements with this brand. And were these all, all broadcast or were they also repurposed online? Oh yeah. So I was responsible for the whole kit and caboodle from the IVR, the call center, all the way through to the national advertising. So every aspect, every touch point of the brand came here and how did we build it up and 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 shift it and how did we it was really to a uh, it was a youth brand at the time I started so we were producing videos like crazy to 150-300,000 per video and you'd get like you'd run it on a cinema maybe for you know I don't know 10 weeks or a TV spot 13 weeks and then you'd have like 
one social post that live on YouTube and that's it. I thought, ah, there's gotta be a better way. Like we are spending so much money. And if you don't get it right, Ooh, it's a big gamble. You've just burned through, you know, the height, I think I did 15 in a calendar year, which is a lot to do high production. And it takes, you know, 10 weeks to pull them off minimum. If, if I was under the pump, I would have to pull one off in seven weeks and then I've gained 15 pounds. You know, I, I'm a shamble. It's a lot of work to do that. And they had to be incredible, of course. Uh, and I just thought there was a better way to do it. So um, I thought, well, wouldn't it be incredible if our customers could do videos for us? And, you know, so I, I put some of the spend behind that, incentivized, and out it went. And, you know, I was a little cheeky internally with like, this is going to be incredible. And it was a big failure. I, I got three videos, you know, unusable, not like there were people lying on their beds talking and rambling. I, nothing I could even <laughs> chop up and use. It was just a total failure. And my personality is never give up. So I thought, I'm going to do this again. I'm going to spend more money. I know what's wrong. I changed the incentive. I gave more direction. Um, I tried to, you know, tested it with a small group. I thought, okay, I've got it. It was another failure. And so I just stopped um, after that and went back to like calling the agency. I got three ads I got to make and you've got no time and it must be hilarious and sell more stuff. Um, so after I left, I had this hypothesis. I'm like, wouldn't it be incredible if, if there was a way that I could actually nail this and, and have big brands collect incredible stories from their customers? And the origin of StoryTap intersected with my personal life. And that was, I had a grandmother who was um, turning 80 and I thought, ooh, her life story. Like, how do I, I want to capture her life story. And then, you know, so I started doing family members, got all this film equipment and started, how do I extract the best story from somebody in a watchable way that was meaningful, something that I wanted to watch. So I being a marketer, you know, I, I love storytelling. Like, what is that story? Because, you know, somebody can talk for days, months. How do you get it in a succinct way? So that was actually the origin of StoryTap was life stories. Our MVP were, was all about um, having average people uh, grab their cell phone tablet desktop and and share a life story. I think we were way too early for that in the end in the end but what I love about our origin is starting there working with elderly people folks in their 80s with technology our software had to feel like not like tech it had to feel so not technical and I think that is part of the genius of what we have today at Storytap is that it the end user experience it doesn't feel technical it feels like they're facetiming their family. So, but yet the story we capture is on point and varied and incredible for marketers. So where did you meet Sean, Sean Brax, your co-founder? Good question. So when I started, I was super excited and mapped this all out and I'm doing wireframes and writing and spreadsheets. I actually met an early angel investor who wanted to invest in us. So then I had uh, a bunch of money. I thought, oh, I get to build this thing. This is exciting. And in my journey in Vancouver, I had several people say, you should think about, you know, co-founder. This is going to be a big thing that you're building. Like you should really think about a co-founder. And I was like, slow your roll. I, you don't know, I can do this. But I talked to enough people and started actually meeting with female CEOs. And they're like, you should really think about a co-founder. It is like, you know, one plus one does equal two think about that. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. And and on, on that journey, people said, you know, there's this guy, Sean Brax, and he does 
a bunch of stuff, but you should just meet with him. So I actually hired Sean originally to do UX of the first MVP. And I had this incredible developer and Sean then came to me and said, you know, I'm a self-taught, you know, full stack developer. I could probably take this on. And I was like, this is interesting. Are you? And we worked so well together. And so he met with our then dev and they had a technical discussion and I just sat there listening and being overwhelmed by their technical discussion. And then that gentleman said, he's good. Like, don't like, yeah, this is awesome. And then that was it. And Sean and I, we just worked incredibly well together. And it was, I think maybe four weeks in, I said, do you want to be the co-founder? He's like, yes. And that was it. That's awesome. The rest is history. He does a great job. And, um, the product is is terrific, and like you said, it's uh, the key is to be invisible. That the technology mm-hmm. is basically invisible. The um, yeah. what? So just to explain to people a little bit more what StoryTap is, but then yeah. also let's pull back and talk about kind of the big trends that it's you know capturing. Yeah, if I you know StoryTap today, we've come a long way. You know, from that early idea of capturing story. And I'd still say the keystone of StoryTap is incredible stories from average people. And our tech democratizes that ability at scale. What we do today is we really are transforming brands who currently have websites that are text-based, text reviews, text FAQ, really like 1999-2004 technology. And we upgrade them, so to speak, with data-driven video. And so that takes the form of video reviews, video FAQs. Those are the thing. But what, what propels that is the data and what stories are selling more and by which and how they're organized. And we organize them as they come to life on these websites in a very personalized way. So to, to go back to, to talk a little bit about trends, video uh, was always kind of hot when we started. COVID, it started exploding. Zoom, as we all know, everybody's on Zoom. Everything started to transform. Remote was hot, <laughs> obviously. And, you know, for us, it was just, we were so early and doubled down on patents and doubled down on the failures and then the learnings from those failures of how do you actually capture these stories at scale in high volume and have them not have to be edited. That's a big part of it. You don't want to have to edit every video. It has to be ready and it has to work. It actually has to produce high conversions, lower call center volume. It has to do its job. And that's where we focus all of our um, development. And now we're into integrations, integrating with TikTok. And again, it's about the data on TikTok, integrating with Salesforce, with Instagram. So it's kind of this, as a marketer, Marketers um, or anybody in the e-com, any you know, shade of marketer today, and they take so many different shapes and sizes in, in a massive organization, they're time starved. They, you know, they constantly, their team gets reduced, they have to do more, they their list is massive, it's completely overwhelming. And so when we start started with StoryTap, it was always a bit of a North Star that would it be incredible if they, if we removed several things on their marketing tech stack and it became story tap, you know, because it can be an all-in-one video, although let's call it 30 megs per file. It's a lot bigger than text. It, it is so much more compelling and tells and shares and convinces more. So they yeah, can do a lot more with less. There's a rumor going around that text is dead. I don't know if you heard there that. Is, there is a rumor going around that text is dead. It is dead. Nobody's it's, reading. 
Everyone's watching. No one's reading. Websites. And so when I tell people about it, one of the other questions they say is, yeah, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't upload a video, you know, talking about my experience with a product. Mm, I love hearing that. Oh, why do you love hearing that? Because I see the videos. I mean, a lot of marketers are like, I wouldn't do that because we're as a marketer of any shape, you're like, you have lived in the world of perfection. Mm-hmm. And when we introduce data-driven video, there's this interest of like, what does that mean? It's like, imagine a world where you have imagine the data the behind the video. <laughs> imagine a world, imagine world where like your business is growing, powered by your customers and your staff on video that you love. Like that so, has never been done. So one may be thinking, oh, so you mean influencers, mm. right? No, these are just real people. Mm. Yeah, not influencers. And and influencers, they have a place. I just don't think it's, they're not the king of the castle. And and they can't be. They're not scalable. They're expensive. They're slow. And occasionally dangerous for a brand. There's some brand safety concerns. Now, you could say the same thing with real people. You could say, you want my customers to go on video? Talk about brand safety. But again, mm-hmm. with the right software like StoryTap, um, we that's a huge focus for us. We built tech around that. Like that's part of what you get is that incredible brand safety at Velocity. Hey, we love this idea of video. We want to get real people yeah. videos talking about our product. We want to put mm-hmm. this on our brand pages, yeah. uh, et cetera. Uh, then your head starts to hurt, right? With all the complexity and what, what's involved. This is not just putting text comment section on a website, right? Mm-hmm. So what's involved? You know, that's an awesome part. And I think, gosh, I just have the right co-founder who comes from, who's passionate about product UX, but just can do all of the other stuff. And we've got this incredible dev team that sits below him. And it was always important to him that it was 10 minutes. It's not big. It is. And then we we have people say, oh, come on, that's BS, like 10 minutes. It is. It is copy and paste on your master. And we go deep by skew. Like these aren't just testimonials. We go deep, deep, deep. And it is as simple as that. It is, it is, I mean, maybe half an hour if you're talking about, you know, current affairs. I don't know, but it's not it's not very long. So literally within minutes or hours, a brand could mm-hmm. have uh consumer videos that consumers generated, raised their hand and did on their own within hours. Hours, minutes, yes. Submitted and then mm-hmm. the, the brand could repurpose them on their page or on their YouTube channel, what have yeah. you, and the user can also publish them on that's it tiktok or somewhere else we're all about the virality of it so the ownership is the brand which is paramount that the brand owns these assets and that's where it comes to doing more with less it's you know we've got youtube integrations video seo comes with it and then when you think about your social calendar uh how incredible to have a plethora of video that you know from the data are working for you these are your assets it's not a guesswork like when i started out Every video I produce, it's a guess. It's a giant leap of faith of, oh, I hope this works. And when it doesn't, there's hell to pay because you spent so much money on it. This is totally shifting that. And you actually see in the dashboard, oh, yeah, here are top performing videos by this ICP. Not only that, it tells you, you know, your site visitors need uh, more Gen Z uh, men uh, showcasing the product or unboxing or telling, talking about how heavy or how complex it is to put together. That's the kind of stuff that we get into. That's what I love about the video is, you know, so many times, you know, it's my wife's big into reading reviews. Mm-hmm. Anytime we go somewhere, whatever it is, she's got to read the reviews. And mm-hmm. of course, you know, she wants to go find the negative reviews and they say that that's helpful. 
but she'll read to me what they say. I'm like, you don't know what what their experience is. You don't, you don't know that they stay at the same type of hotels you do normally, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. This video seems to break down that barrier because you can, especially if you match with somebody who kind of looks like you, talks like you, whatever. Like we've been living with text reviews for so long and they are garbage. And I know that's a strong word, but I'll say it, it is wild thinking where we are today in the world we are today, that brands are still spending so much money on text. They hire an army of people to then monitor the crap that comes through to remove swear words and sentiment and all the scary things that come through from anonymous people smashing away on their keyboard. When you think through video, when you see these people to, you know, we, we've had obviously many negative reviews come through for our customers, but they're not uh, awful. They're articulate. And like, like they, you know, the brand has a dialogue. People are, their faces on there, you know, like they're not bad. They have to own it. They, they have own to own it. it. It's just like, yeah. It seems it seems like when you if if when you give them text and they can have anonymous profiles, it's like giving your customers guns and knives. Well, you know, and a lot just, of it's fake. It's just BS. There's a whole there's a whole other every most text review companies they introduce you, they sell like don't worry, we've got a community of people that are going to kick off your text reviews. As a consumer, you should not like that because that means they have a hundred thousand people. When you ship them your high heel product or whatever it is, you've got men in their twenties reviewing high heels under an anonymous name. That is garbage. We've all bought stuff and we read the reviews that were great. And what shows up, you're like, man, I got to return this. This sucks. And we can just do better. Like just video does it better. You can see it. You can find this. You can find with every purchase decision in the end of the day, we're in the confidence game, whether it's your video FAQ, you're trying to ask a question and get a video answer about something, or you're looking at other people that are relevant to you with stories that are relevant, but it's about confidence. What do you need to understand and to know about this product or service that's going to make it a, a comfortable buying decision online? And that's the Delta. That's what's amazing. I mean, it, when we met and I thought about, okay, yeah, how many products do I go on YouTube and I look it up and I try to see a review, see somebody using it, what have you. And you know everybody's doing it. Everybody you talk to says that's what they do, right? They mm-hmm. do some research on YouTube. And the fact that brands don't have creating those or helping consumers create those or being just being part of it in some way to say, look, we have all, you know, we have millions of customers. Let us yeah. Let's encourage them to submit videos and let's have more videos that are helpful and useful. Just amazing to me. Uh, and I love when we get on calls and we say that to our, you know, prospective customers. We say, no, these are your real customers. You're like, what do you mean real? Like our influencers? I'm like, no, like the people, <laughs> like you have, you know. People buy your stuff you, and they use it. You haven't even tapped into your biggest resource. It's actually yeah. your your customers and how incredible and how passionate. It's neat. Yeah, some of the videos that uh, you've shared are just hilarious, and people's creativity just boggles your mind. You know, the it's uh, it's amazing, and you've you've worked with some brands and some products that are mm-hmm. probably ones that would be the least expected to have people I, submitting a video review for. Yes, I can tell you right now, I hit under my desk when we got KY and then Durex, and I was like. No, this is it. This is it. This is the end of the company. And what are they going to submit? I was terrible. I'm like, the entire company's going to have post-traumatic stress disorder. This is going in a direction that I was uncomfortable with. And I will tell you, I was really honest with our customer. And um, they kind of said to me, they're like, 
you know, this is stop it. Like we're, we're all big people here. Like this is a really serious thing. Like, you know, sex education and sex, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, mm -hmm, okay. Video, we're video, we're video. Do you know we're video? And mm -hmm. it's incredible. The stories that come through across those brands and products by all different, you know, ICPs as you will. And it, you'd think it would be one category that people would be shy to talk about on video. And uh -uh. we have, 20 year old grandmothers, everything in between, um, husband and wives, you name it. And for the right, the, the relevance is there for the audience that wants it. And that's what we're proud about. Which you know makes me think uh, one of the again, macro trends that you're really tapping into is in this age of you know, the internet and social media and the, 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 the focus on relationships, but actually the erosion of relationships, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. People are, uh, they, they, they're led to believe they have all these relationships and they have all these followers, but the, the, you know, we, as humans, we crave relationship and connection stories are, and, and connection and stories are one of the ways we do that. Right. We identify with and relate to characters in a story, et cetera. And so the, the, the fact that you are, tapping into that, mm -hmm. that latent desire for people to say, Hey, I want real stories with people like me that I can learn from, mm -hmm. I think is a big piece of what's propelling you. It, and it is the story. So like when you think of a text review, it's like, you get what you get. And they say that in kindergarten, you get what you get. You don't get upset. I have two kids. And I just, I just think that's crap for any brand that is stuck with text reviews. Oh, look at all these variety, you know, Ew. Uh, but with video, it's like, let's get to the stories that are relevant. And there's so many. So our tech is really, we spend a lot of time figuring out variety of storytelling. So when you think of A-B testing in tech, think of that in storytelling. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You don't know what stories are going to sell more for you. You don't know if it's a barbecue, the fact that it, you don't have to put it together is going to sell more or that it's so light or that you don't have to weigh the propane tank or whatever. Like you don't know until the data tells you. And I think that's really eye-opening for a lot of customers that start working with us. So uh, tell our listeners who some of your customers are. So we we kind of plan it at several different verticals. Higher education, I'd say the most well-known would be UCLA. We do a lot of work with UCLA with their fully employed MBA program. There are many different programs, five or six different programs there. Um, retail uh, in Canada, one of the biggest names, and maybe in America too, um, Canadian Tire. They, you know, $12 billion company, they own Heli Hansen. So that's Usually people are surprised to hear that. We have uh, Reckit. So we have lots of all different types of package, consumer packaged goods. For a global perspective, we're with Danone. Danone, we have so many different brands in so many different countries from Italy to Spain to France, uh, Australia. Wow. So international. So it's not mm -hmm. constrained to, to North American culture or what have you. And I love that on video... In it, when you come to text, another reason I think this, you know, we're such an incredible melting pot society. Only if you're really strong in text are you able to construct a sentence, you know, or you feel comfortable enough typing something. With video, if English is not your first language, you grab that video. Overseas, any language, uh, it comes down to, for us, culture and that story. So making sure that brand safety echoes the culture and, and, and that. But anybody can grab their phone and talk in any language and it's captured. So right away that doubles the amount of uh, content that can come in. That is um, a good point. I hadn't thought about that, actually. That makes mm. it actually re 
removes friction. Mm-hmm. So what's it been like running a startup in Vancouver? You know, we were once in person, now we're fully remote and really leaning in hard to how do you build great culture remote. And I think our in our future, there's a hybrid model. I think you can only go so far and you've got to have that in-person connection. I think it's great. You know, I think early days with us, super involved in the community at all of tech-based, uh, you know, uh, co-working spaces and events and since COVID, I think we've definitely kind of stepped out of that. We look more of it as a North American endeavor, really focused on where we have to go, still keeping some ties, but really being a lot more um, careful with our time and and growing the business. There's, uh, I think, a lot of people moving, moving out of places like California and Vancouver is one yeah. of those places that I've heard is um, receiving a lot of folks, So, which, which is terrific. Um, a lot of developers up here, yeah. So what's what's on the horizon for StoryTap? On the horizon? Oh, so much is on the horizon for StoryTap. I'd say the, the focus for StoryTap, and we're super excited, syndication. So, you know, when you're dealing with such high, like massive files, 30 megs, we've been investing a lot in, in our tech in syndication. And that's something that text does well because uh, it's like not big at all, teeny tiny. So that's one of, um, that just kind of amplifies our, our growth, uh, et cetera. And then also PLG, so product-led growth. So we've kind of, we've been up, up market for a long time and we're now swinging uh, down and just kind of having that groundswell of offering a freemium product. We're starting with Shopify, really focusing on one of the hottest entry points of StoryTap, which is our video FAQ. And a lot of brands go, oh, that's so easy. It just makes so much sense. And and the plus of that isn't just awesome customer care. It is the video SEO side of it. It's like owning the question. And there's so many more upsides when you shift to video. Um, so that would be our entry point. So yeah, so PLG on the bottom half and then syndication on the um, top half would be the two. Yeah, I think there's yeah huge, huge opportunity there. I, I could see just thousands and thousands of merchants plugging into this and Yes. And maybe even coming up with new use cases and, you know, being innovative themselves with how they could use your technology. Appreciate you being on Fast Frontiers, Bernadette. This is awesome. I thank you for having me, Tim. I've been following along and so pumped when you asked me to join. This is awesome. All right. Best of luck. Thank you. Bye. Join us next time when we bring you my conversation with Joseph Hanna, founder and CEO of Engage Talent, an AI-driven SaaS platform to empower talent acquisition, engagement, and retention. Engage was acquired by Workforce Logic in 2019, which was then acquired by Pro Unlimited in 2021. Thanks for listening to Fast Frontiers. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website, fastfrontiers.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. The Fast Frontiers podcast is brought to you by Refinery Ventures. Our producer is Abby Fittis, audio engineering by Astronomic Audio, and our podcast platform is Casted. 